You want to say something? No, I just, when you were speaking, it just made me just think about like when you get, all of us, when we get into these dark places, Mm -hmm. right? Like I was in a really, really dark place. 2020, 2021 was like, I felt like I was just in this dark hole and I'd never been in that place before. And then as I opened up about it, I found some of my other friends and associates were also too Mm -hmm. coming out of Mm -hmm. just like a very dark place. Um, I want to know like, how did you all deal with coming out of a dark place or have you ever been in a dark place and just had to use certain tools to get out of it? Mm-hmm. Uh, or say, yeah, oh, you want to go? I'd say for me regarding a dark place, I think some of my greatest accomplishments mm-hmm. comes from being in a dark place. Honestly, for me, I don't ever want to be held down or be down for too long or be depressed for too long. I'm the type that kind of almost ignore. Mm -hmm. I know I'm there, but I refuse to feel it. And I use that energy to do something bigger and better so that whoever put me in that dark place can see me shining bright. Have then, you ever been in a place though where you couldn't pull yourself out though? It's like it's one thing when you're in a dark place and then like you find you're like I'm not gonna allow myself to be here. But have you ever been in a place where it's like I can't get up? Not me. Mm. Uh, my I mother. Think of that. When my mother transitioned, that was my dark place, mm-hmm. and it, it like like you said, grief is not a step by step. You know, it was a process. I was I, I mean I I was homeless. Because of it, I just gave up on life. I was the walking yeah. dead. Um, yeah. But what happened? What happened for me? Because I went to several funerals after my mother transitioned, and it was like family members. I was just there, like, well, you know, I, I was so numb to it. Yeah, it was like my mom is like, I love you, cuz, but the most important person to you. Um, that sounds terrible. This this transparent. <laughs> no, but then I went to my uncle's funeral, and his pastor went up there. And he said, death is a misunderstood reality. And that that one thing, it was like, oh, you know, I, I didn't take it personal. So it just, well, what I think is, that, What is the misunderstanding? Well, the misunderstanding is we all, we know it's going to happen, but we don't. It's like nobody really thinks about, you know, the last day on earth. But you know, we all know it's gonna happen, but when it happens, it's kind of like, why God, or you know, why me, or why? Because it's, it's inevitable. It's, it's something we all gonna have to face one day, and it's not really a bad thing. It's a, death is a part of life. It's a part of it. You know, you can't have life without death. So, but, it, but when it happens, because this gift of life that you have, because a gift is something you don't, you know, you don't, you didn't earn, you don't deserve it. But this gift that we have, we just like, this is mine, I own it. So when something happens to somebody, selfishly we feel like, yo, that was my mom. Mm-hmm. But when you're watching the news, yeah, and for that moment, like, oh, that's messed up. Turn the game back on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But now it was your mom. I was like, wait a minute. It's personal. Mm-hmm. This is my mother. But my mother was a great person. She, So was that child's mother. You know what I mean? So it's nothing. It, it's just because I was mad at God. I was mad at God. Yeah, I was mad at God. I feel like, man, I got my uncle Edwin. This dude smoked crack, steal, and he had all the funerals. <laughs> Y'all not supposed to laugh at that. I don't know if that's funny. No, because we all got family members like that. 
me and my mom were talking about, man, they got chicken in I'm like, man, shut the... I'm like, Edwin is high at the funeral. I'm like, God, why? Why did he take him, God? Those are, you know, what y'all doing up there? So, so I was a little mad. I was mad at God, I was. But that, but, but you stayed in that dark place for a while. I was there for years. I was there for mm-hmm. some years. I mean, because I, I mean, I, I, I got into, um, I was facing thirty years in prison. I was, I was living a very illegal life. But I got into the streets because I grew up in the hood. But I was never a street dude. I ain't still no dope as a kid. I played sports. I sung. But all of my friends were, you know, in the streets. And then my mom had cancer. I'm like, yo, I'm finna, shh, I'm about to rob a bank, literally. And my boy like, hey, whoa. She's gonna, she's gonna sell some dope. I'm like, all right. Don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go too far. You got some good friends. Those are friends of any of like, hey, don't rob a bank, just go sell some dope, brother. Sell this poison, brother, don't do that. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> so, that's how you know they care about you. this is It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors over 37 
thousand companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. and it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash socialproof. That's netsuite.com slash socialproof. netsuite.com slash socialproof. So <laughs> this, is, this is terrible. It's toxic, but it's real. So I, I got into that world, and I, you know, and then that became an addiction because at first it was like, this is for my mom. But then you make $40,000 in a week, you're like, ooh. You know, that's for the women a little bit, you know, because you was working at the mall, you ain't had nothing. And now they like you. Mm-hmm. And then my mom, when she transitioned, um, I lost everything. Like all the stuff I had, all my cars, everything, I lost everything. And um, I was living in a, my sister had gave me a, a 97 Twitter Corolla. This was in 2010, this ain't that long ago. I was living in living in that car, and because I, I just didn't care, I was what you, you know what you said earlier. I didn't I didn't want to get hurt again. I want to love no I want to love no nothing. I didn't want to love my sister like that. I want to love no woman. I want to love nothing because that I didn't want to feel like that hurt again. So I just was like I don't even want to love life. Mm, yeah. So I just was like I'm yeah. out here, you know. But then hearing what that pastor said that one day, it was like God just. I went to my uncle's funeral to be revived to life. Wow. Q, you you had a a share? Man, I'm just sitting here, right? And um, as we are just like going through all of these different levels, something just hit my spirit. And it was like, how well are we preparing? And what I mean by that is, so like when you're talking about if there's a fire in your house, you go through the steps that says, okay, if this happens, throw the ladder down, you know, the fire things are over here, go do this, go do this. And so when we're talking about these dark moments, my first thought would be, I'm a fighter. Mm-hmm. And I know that I can tell myself, Q, this not you. Get up, do something. Fight mode, never flight mode, right? I'm always telling myself that. But as we're talking about it, like you said, but have you ever just been in a dark, dark place? And so now as we're talking in my mind, I'm like, okay, what happens, Q, when you do get in a, in a space that's like dark and you cannot fight? And the thing that came to my mind was prepare. That means I need to prepare and call people that I know that love me and trust me that I trust to say, hey, if you ever see me in a space before you get to as a fighter, you yeah. know Q gonna get up. Yeah. But if one day you don't see me get up, get up. let me put you already in line and say, yo, Q, get up, bro. This mm-hmm. is not you. Yeah. And so that word preparation and prepared just just hit me heavy because, like I said, I, I'm a fighter and I'm gonna tell myself every time, Q, nah, let's go, let's go, change, put on a different hat, let's do this. But if that doesn't happen, if I get so low. To the point where I cannot move and all yeah. of those things, I need to have already prepared some people in my circle to be yeah. like, bruh. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know who that, who that who that was? For me, it was God. Mm-hmm. Because I couldn't have, because it was nothing nobody could have said or done in that space. Like, I had everybody say this and this and that, but it's like, when my mama gone, I really want to hear none of that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, all right, bro. Like, yeah, bro, this, and his mama alive, I'm like, I'm going to hear that. You know what I'm saying? So God knew the only thing that was going to bring me back was for me to hear that 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 mm-hmm. line that, yeah. that line that man said in that moment. I don't know that man. I don't know him. He he wasn't there for me. But that was God. Even though I was mad at God, that's how merciful He was. Faithful. Because I was, I was very upset with God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So a lot. Sometimes ain't nothing we can do for each other. Sometimes we gotta lean on. The higher power. Yeah. yeah when, uh, Amen yeah, to that. that. Amen to that. Like what uh, Q was saying, man, that, um, that, and I started, as he was saying it, I started thinking about all the people in my life that I can call, not when I'm down, mm-hmm. but when I'm up and say, hey, if anything ever, ha- if you ever see me like right. outside of my character. In the good season. In the good season. Good season. What was crazy is there's only a few that I can call right now that I know that they would even remember that we're having this conversation. Mm. Like, yo, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I need your help right now, but one day I will. Yeah. And I need like, and the, the fact that there's only a few people that I can even trust to even recognize that something's wrong. Yeah. That really like, I don't know. I really got like, like Donnie's one, right? I like, We'll have a, we was actually supposed to, um, her birthday was the other day and we were about to have a lunch. Uh, We were all going to go. But she said something in the happy birthdays and the congratulations. She said, I forgot what she said, but I was like, my intent is what I was like, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. I was like, yo, after this, just me and Donnie are going to go. This can't be like a group thing. And I don't know if it was like that deep, but it was like something that I caught because I know I'm, I'm paying attention, right? Like how many people in your life are paying attention yeah. or just expecting you to be the fighter? Like, come on, Q, get up. Mm-hmm. I don't need that right now. I need somebody to like let or me Or love talk. you enough to fight for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was something on the shade room the other day. Who posted? I think it was the pastor, John Gray. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. He posted something about Tyrese. Yeah. And he said... um, don't quote me on this, but it was something like he was in a really dark place and he said, he I was the wrong I, person. He said <laughs> I was dead. No, he said I was dead. And Tyrese showed up to fight for me. Like he fought mm-hmm. for me to live. Wow. Those are the type of people you want in your life. When I see something that's wrong with you and I'm just going to show up just to be there for you, just to be yeah. present. Yeah, yeah. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.